mean, you've been putting in work for so long. Putting in a lot of work. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Putting in Work, episode 129 of the interview podcast on the 8 Bit Collective. We are powered by Audio Technica and we are back after a bit of a break. I'm your host, John O'Peck, and it's been a while since the last episode of this podcast. Been very busy with some other projects that have put this on the back burner, including Comedy Rewind, which is our 90s comedy rewatch podcast on 8-Bit Collective. And that's been so much fun, being able to go back, watch these movies. We've done episodes on Happy Gilmore, Dumb and Dumber, Clerks. We've got American Pie coming out this week. And we've got Wayne's World. It's been awesome just rewatching those movies and being able to talk about how they hold up 20 to 25, almost 30 years later in some instances yeah, just having a great time, both reliving those films and seeing how much things have changed since then. If you're yet to check that out, I encourage you to do so. I implore you to subscribe, check it out, and let me know what you think. But for now, this is Putting In Work. This is not Comedy Rewind. And we're here to talk to Jack Hudson. You might know him as Hutto, one of the nicest dudes in the business. And he's basically someone that went from YouTube and streaming to working full-time in the games industry just by sheer force of his personality, his likability. He's now an experienced content manager, as well as being a partnered Twitch streamer. But on the professional side of things, he's doing content and community management with GoTo.game, which means that he's working with influencers and communities basically around the launch of different products and promotion of different products, including game developer Bethesda, Intel, Lenovo, AK Racing. So it's a lot of tech and gaming industry stuff, but being able to work full-time in that space is pretty cool. He started out in different industries altogether with a background in insurance, I believe. So it was great to talk to Hutto and get his experience over time, how he was discovered by this industry and how he's really just carved out a niche for himself. Like I said, super likable guy, really just down to earth in an industry where there's a lot of fakeness, there's a lot of drama, and he just rises above all of that. And I think the authenticity of his personality really shines through and i think that's why people love him and think that's why people follow him on twitch i think that's why he's been so successful in what he does so without further ado here's Hutto. enjoy the return of putting in work and enjoy the show jack thank you so much for joining me it's great to have you here no worries mate thanks for hitting me up yeah that's all right we met at pax last year we did the uh, mario tennis panel that was a lot of fun mm. i got through to the final Brendan, who went on to win, I think he knocked you out in the first round, didn't he? <laughs> that motherfucker plays that game way too much. You I reckon? barely got <laughs> points on the board. I was so done. I feel like he's just the one person there who had actually played it. <laughs> That's what it seemed like. Yeah, I feel it? like everyone else was just so all over the place. And yeah. he was hitting these shots. He knew all the special moves and shit. I was like, what even is this? I thought it was just like a Wii tennis game, but it's not. Yeah. <laughs> I got to the final and he's like, I think I did a couple special moves, but he, he knew when to use those special moves. And oh. He got me. But this year it might be a different story. If, if the panel repeats, we'll see what happens. <laughs> That'd be sick. But, uh, That'd be fun. I'll come watch it if I'm not yeah. on it. I'd love to be on it. But if, okay. if not, I'll just come watch to see what happens. It was good fun because it was like him and me, we were the podcasters and the rest of you guys were all streamers. Yeah. So I think we took a bit of, of pleasure in, in taking <laughs> you guys down. It was good fun. That was actually really yeah. good fun. And, and that's probably... That's, that's a good kind of uh, segue into this interview because I've only had a few streamers on here. I've had uh, Cardplay yep. 
and I've had uh, Jinglish, now known as Panda TV, up here. And it's it's kind of a space that I haven't delved really deep into because I'm not like a big part of the community as much as I follow a lot of you guys on Twitter, but I don't consume a lot of, of streaming. It just doesn't fit into my like daily entertainment consumption routine and i think everyone kind of has something they wish they could do more some people are like oh, i wish i could read books more or i wish that i had time to watch anime whatever yeah. it might be and for me it's, it's streaming but um i'm very excited to kind of get into it with you because you seem like a real down-to-earth dude who uh kind of i don't know you might be someone that sometimes feels like you don't fit into the twitch community but then other times You've obviously been embraced by it. So tell me about your journey into streaming and how you kind of ended up doing it as much as you do. It goes back a while, actually. So some of my first streams go back to like 2011, 2012. So a little while, a while mm. ago, it's back when I started my um, YouTube channel as well. So basically the whole sort of thing for me was like, uh, that was this was back when YouTube videos, like the time to hit back then was like 30 minutes. Like 30 minutes was like a minimum yeah. back then. It was crazy. <laughs> uh, whereas now it's like 10 minutes to get ads. Whereas back then it was like 30 minutes was like sort of the average um, video sort of size back then. Well, for me anyway, and a lot of the people that I watched, um, that was back mm. when Minecraft sort of first started and was a thing. And um, I would split my Minecraft episodes into like 15 minute blocks and I'd make like two of those. So I'd have like the first 15 minutes, the next 15 minutes. But in between that, I would need to prep, you know, whether it be like cutting trees or fucking mining holes and shit or like going out and, you know, searching for things. And I just didn't want to do that in the middle of like a Minecraft episode, kind of wanted to keep it sort of hyped. Mm. So yeah, doing all the boring yeah. shit. I was like, I've got to, you know, figure out a way to like, I don't know, I guess do something else than just like sit here and mine a hole by myself, listening to music as much as I really enjoyed that. Um, I started watching Twitch. I found out about Twitch through some people and I was like, this would be a cool way to just do something else and people that, you know, kind of enjoy watching that, but also watch my YouTube videos, they can see like, you know, the back end of what I'm doing. So I was like, I'll get home, I'll prep a little bit, record the first 15 minutes, then I'll stream for, you know, a little bit, an hour or... Back then, I didn't really care. Like, it wasn't like a... Now I try and do like three to four hour streams. Back then, it was just like, if I stream for half an hour, an hour, get shit done and then record another 15 minutes and go to bed, like, that's awesome. So that's sort of how I started doing it. And then... Pretty much what stopped a lot of that was I broke up with my ex of like six and a half years and um, that didn't end too well. And I was using sort of like gaming at the end of that relationship as like a way sort of away from shit I was dealing with at the time. And then when I hmm. broke up with her and moved out and lived with some of my mates, it was like hyped again. It was like sick, like bachelor pad, bought the car I wanted. It was <laughs> sick. It was just chilling. And then I was like, I really want to like start playing some games again. And I sat down and like started playing Minecraft. And like, I almost instantly just felt sad again. Like, it was like a weird thing. It was like, I was sad at the time of playing. Took you back, yeah. Um, even though I still enjoyed it. And then it sort of brought those emotions back. So I stopped playing and and like streaming and like recording and shit. I, I did some vlogs in, the, in the, between that. So it was like, I was still doing something on YouTube, but I wasn't playing video games. So like, if you go back to my channel, there'll be like a big space of time where there's barely, barely any video games, but heaps of like going to the beach, going for a drive, going on cruises <laughs> um, and that sort of shit. Like I, I wasn't gaming, but I was still doing YouTube. And then, um, I don't know, it was about a year, year of just doing random shit, not really doing anything. And then um, I started like getting back into gaming a little bit more, started like playing Destiny a lot, H1Z1, um, like sort of was hyped again. 
and hyped at the time. So I started playing that and then just started streaming. And then I think it was PAX 2016, my second PAX. And I was like hanging around the Twitch booth. Like obviously had a lot of friends there and stuff just from like no people in the community. And then I was like, this is awesome. Like, this is really cool. I would love to be a Twitch partner. Like that would be something that I think would be awesome. I'd love to work with these brands and shit. I think it'd be cool. So I was like, I'm going to stream every single day you know, as much as I could have like a day off for Christmas or whatever. <laughs> but I want to stream every single day for a whole entire year. And if I can make yeah. partner or if if it's if it's like if it's increasing, if my followers are slowly growing, if my viewers are growing and that sort of thing, then that's something that I know that I'm you know, if I'm still enjoying it and it's growing, that's awesome. And I will continue doing that. But if at the time in, in a year's time if nothing's growing, my viewership isn't growing, it's I'm just not enjoying it or whatever, then I'll stop and I'll move on to something else. Like it's obviously not something that I'm good at, that I'm going to be successful in and I'll move on and find something else. I'll go and ride my bike and try and do something else. I'll do something. I don't know. That's just the mindset I had at the time. And then it was like June of 20, June or July. I think it's June, end of June of 2017. So like six months later, I got partnered which was really cool. RuneScape was really popping at the time. So it was, uh, it was good. So I got partnered <laughs> then and then, yeah, just, just continued it. I was like, well, I said I was going to stream every day for a year. So I'll just do that. And then had the baby. I think the only time I took off really in that time, besides a couple of days when I went away, but I would always try and like IRL stream. Um, I would, yeah, took a little bit of time off for the first baby um, just to help around because obviously first baby, we were stressed as anything. Um, and then the only other time really I've taken off was maybe Christmas or something the year after. And then right. obviously a few times here and there with sickness or fucking whatever. But, um, even I didn't even take any time off with Fox. I think Fox was like six hours old and we did like an IRL stream from the hospital. <laughs> I was like, he's a second baby. Yeah, I remember it, you right. giving us, giving the updates <laughs> during labor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't watch Twitch though. Get in trouble. <laughs> so that's a lot to uh, to kind of unpack i guess because that's that's the journey from, from i didn't know day... if you wanted all that at once but i go i get on a tangent that's on go... a story and then i cannot <laughs> stop until the end <laughs> it's good because i can i can ask a few things along the way so that's going back uh eight years from the, i guess the start of yep. the story getting into youtube to start with was that something that happened like organically was it was it something you aspired to do from a young age was to work with like video and video games specifically or was it just something that was fun and you were making those youtube videos and starting to see that people were making kind of a, a bit of a, a bit of a career or a very decent mm. hobby out of it well i downloaded minecraft in 2009 when it like literally first came out and that's when i started watching because the only reason i know that is because i remember i was still living at home and I moved to, no, it might have been 2010 because I moved to Sydney in 2011. And that's when I started watching YouTube videos of Minecraft because I was like, oh, I kind of want to learn more. And I was just like, oh, YouTube. So I YouTubed it and I started, I found Let's Plays and I found um, oh, like Paul Soros Jr. and Good and like all these old school Minecrafters that were like just starting out on YouTube. Like they had like less than a hundred followers, some of them. And now they've all got over a million so it's really crazy to wow. think about. Like I was watching them back then and I was like, this is awesome. Kept watching them, kept playing. Then I moved to Sydney and then I started working. And then another guy I was, I was working with who I actually still know to this day and I'd see him on GTA every now and then. Um, 
he was like, oh, I want to start YouTube. And I was like, hey, that sounds like a cool idea. Like I've been wanting to do that for a while. So I went out and I bought a laptop with like my first pay from like my real job. Um, when I moved to Sydney, I was working in insurance and I got a laptop and I was like, fuck, I got no money, but I need like, I need to talk somehow. So I went and bought a headset from Coles, like this <laughs> shit box headset and a Coles like mouse. And that's what I recorded. Like I recorded uh, on like a laptop with the Coles headset and a Coles mouse. And I just like, just sent it from there. And then... I'm impressed that you even bought a mouse. You could have just used the laptop. <laughs> I couldn't handle it. Hey. Minecraft with a trackpad? <laughs> fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, just had like some wireless mouse. And like I didn't have a desk. I sat on my bed, on my double bed and like recorded for like 10 minutes and then uploaded that. I was like episode one episode two and i can still watch them to this day and they are like nine fps like jumping around and shit i still remember the world i could still visually remember spawning in the first time and like thinking back that like gives me goosebumps to this day think about that shit like minecraft is the greatest game of fucking my life besides runescape it's insane (laughs) it's insane that it's been out for 10 years it's insane it's It's crazy crazy. (laughs) and still like if not popular as ever like yeah, pretty close you're to not me. wrong but um I, yeah. I never really like this was a weird thing like i had a lot of mates at school that played wow and shit and um were, like super into that like wow raids would drop and new expansions they would like smash the nodos like all weekend and stay up and get to school monday morning they'd be like fried out of their brain and like i would pretty much do the same thing with runescape but i never thought about like the back end of this like how does this game get made how does this game get marketed you know, how does this game get tested? Who who builds the UI? Who builds the, everything? Like, yeah. I never, ever once thought about it. I just played games because I enjoyed playing games. Even, even like, as a kid, Nintendo 64, my parents, my grandparents and shit. Like, I just played games because it was fun, not not because of any other reason. Um, and then it was, it was kind of, when was this? I don't even know when I started. I've been there for over three years now. So, it would have been, yeah, like... I don't know, early 2016 and the 2015 that I um, started doing stuff with Lenovo. So the company that I'm currently working for or the one I worked for before, it's a really weird thing, but Digivisor, they had Lenovo um, as a client. And then a guy that I worked with in insurance started working for them and he was doing stuff with Lenovo. So he was looking for like YouTubers with a reasonable following and I did have a reasonable following at the time um to like sponsor and like give laptops and get them to do like you know just sort of standard stuff um and he yeah. randomly messages me one day on facebook he was like oh you do youtube yeah and i was like yeah and i sent him my channel and i had like i don't know five or six k at the time but this was like back like 2015 something like that um which was which was reasonable at the time and i think he didn't he may not have known many people around sort of that the space um he's like oh do you want to get sponsored by lenovo do you want to come into the office this afternoon we'll chat about it so i was like fuck yeah this is sick like get a free laptop <laughs> like this is mad like i never thought that this would be possible like I'd, I'd been reached out to by like ubisoft and ea and a few of those guys at the time to get like a game code or a beta code to play and like you know do a few videos on it and stuff like if i wanted to like it was mm. just them like saying hey We've noticed your channel. Do you want to do on a free game code? But getting a free laptop back then, I was hyped. Like, just quietly, if I got a free laptop today, I'd still be hyped as fuck. But back then was nuts. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's how I actually met all the guys and girls that I'm currently working with was through a mate called Chris Wong. Um, he's still in the, in the gaming space too. So it was it was I met him 
and that's sort of how this all started. Then I met everyone, went to like a end of year Lenovo party. And then I spoke to the CEO who's to my current CEO. And I was like, I'm sick of my insurance job. It's boring as fuck. Um, you know, being around the gaming space for like the last five or six years now. And obviously meeting you guys, like if anything comes up ever, keep me, keep me in mind. Like uh, I'd be keen on doing it. And obviously my social media and stuff, I was, I was posting there a lot. So they kind of knew that I enjoyed that side of it and um, ended up taking a chance on me. And here we are three years later. That's rad. I want to get into kind of the things that made you successful. So for starters, <laughs> doing the, the, the streams and deciding to do it every single day when you wanted to get partnered, do you think that's partly responsible for you getting to, to where you are? Like in terms of doing it every day, did that build up your skill? Did it build up your audience? How did that work exactly? Um, I think so, yeah. I think I've got like a really good habit of just like, seeming to be a lot of places all the time because i'm i even meet new people still to this day and like oh i've seen your name like somewhere and i'm like that's fair because i try and just be everywhere i don't even try like i guess i just i just am everywhere without even meaning to like i'm always in people's chats at, at work because i'm like i'm jumping between people's twitch chats just to say good day see what they're doing see how they're going always on Twitter talking to people saying it a and like Instagram like I'm just I don't know I'm just always on social media so it, I think it, I think it was just sort of that um, and I think the bit that the bit that um got there for me to get this job was um, it was RTX 2016 it was in January of 2016 it was at um the Sydney Technology Park where they had like no aircon and shit and everyone complained yeah, about, about it was that. real <laughs> fucked so I went to that and <laughs> Lenovo was like because Lenovo sponsored that with with uh, Rooster Teeth at the time. Lenovo banners, mm-hmm. Rooster Teeth and shit. And um, Lenovo was like, oh, we're filming with Rooster Teeth like the day before that or two days before. If you can get there after work, come down. So I got there like super late and it was with like uh, James Turner, um, Tom, like Zeus. Uh, I think like Cody Brown was there if anyone watching this remembers him. Um, and like Matt uh, Waterworth is there. I was like, hey, people. And then I rocked up like super late and they were like mid like record of this episode they were doing, um, which like went out on the actual Rooster Teeth channels. And I think that kind of worked in my favor because they'd met everyone else there. But then like I was the last person they met and I got to have like this really funny intro to the video. So it was like they were mid record and they fully set me up with my mic and shit. And then they were like, come in, come in, come in. But like, pretend you're like knocking to say like, oh, hey, I'm here now. Like, I'm like the special guest on Rooster Teeth, which it made no sense because right. I was fucking no one. I'm, st- I'm still in realistically in the grand scheme of things, no one. But back then I was proper fucking no one. And I was like knocking on the door like, hey, I'm a special guest. Like, I'm finally here, everyone. They were like, hey, man, what's up? Come and sit down. And I think that's kind of like what started it. It will, it will make sense when I finish my fucking ridiculous story. <laughs> but it was the Rooster Teeth event. And when I got there, I was like, oh, I really want to um, interview some people. I never interviewed anyone in my life. But I was like, I'll hire some mics and shit. And I brought a mate along who was a filmer who I knew watched Rooster Teeth like religiously, knew everything about them. And I was like, you're a filmer. You know about these people that I don't know about. Come with me. You can film for me, but also let me know 
um, about them real quick and help me with my questions. So it looks like I know what I'm doing and <laughs> tell yeah, me what to and say. I can ask some questions <laughs> that you know they've been asked before. So I don't ask those and I ask them like other shit because I wanted to I wanted to interview, but I've watched interviews before and I was like, they just ask the same questions all over. They must they must get ask the same questions. So I want to ask like funny mm. shit, different shit, just have fun with it. So I did that. And it turns out I knew some people that were looking after like the VIP area where they all were. So I was like, hey man, um, I'm with Lenovo today and they're sponsoring it. I kind of bullshitted my way into this anyway. And I was like, oh, I'm with the Lenovo today and like they're sponsoring it and I got to interview some people. Um, and he was like, cool, who do you want to interview? And I was like, oh, bring out Gus, bring out Bernie, bring out these people. And he was like, yeah, no worries, bro. And he went in and one by one brought out pretty much everyone from Rooster Teeth. And I like interviewed all of them and um, I found out like before that, that like they'd been using Lenovo products. So I was like, oh, tell me about like what Lenovo products you use because I use them at home. And I had like pretty much everyone in Rooster Teeth at the time um, say how cool like Lenovo's products were. They really enjoyed them. Like some of the scripts for Red, Red vs. Blue were written on like some of the Lenovo laptops and shit like that. And that got sent to Lenovo and then like Lenovo Global. And they were like, yo, this guy's awesome. Like me, like getting getting like this really cool content from, you know, Rooster Teeth, like being advocates of Lenovo. And that, I guess, like showed initiative at the time that I could get out there and like get these cool things and get it done. Um, and that was pretty much what got me the job because uh, Emma, my current CEO, brought that up like in the interview. I, I, I cannot find the email for the life of me. I still have to try and get it from her because I want to tweet it. Basically, what it said was um, in the email, I know she's okay with me saying this because I've asked her before, but basically it said was like, there was so many people that, that applied for the job and she was like, um, something like, you you had the least experience out of anyone that applied. You know the least about the role. You were the least prepared for the interview and out of everyone we interviewed, you would be the biggest risk for us to hire as a company. However, we've spoken to everyone that works here and they would all love to work with you based on, you know, working with you previously as being sponsored by Lenovo and like events and stuff you've done for us. So we're happy to like offer you the role if you're willing to put the work in and not fuck it up. So I was like, that's a horrible email. However, I appreciate it and I will accept. <laughs> Yeah. So glowing endorsement. Yeah, yeah. Just, just a lot, just a lot yeah. of work. Like at the time I had no commitments. I didn't have kids, you know, I didn't have anyone relying on me. So I was just out there at events, like going to Twitch meetups at the time, like just getting out there and having fun and just doing whatever I could to meet as many people as I could. And just like, just, just have fun. That, that was literally like mm. what started all of this is just to have fun, to meet cool people and just to do cool shit with, with cool people. And then, that's just how yeah. it all ended up. So that would never happen at Rooster Teeth now. Like. <laughs> They're so big now, bro. They were big back then, but now it's yeah. But I went the mental. next year in, in 2017, and like it was pick two people you want to interview, and mm. we'll try to get you an interview yeah. with them. Because <laughs> I went to Artex the next year as well. You might have ruined it for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> no way, no way. Don't say that. I feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get the sense that kind of everything that you've been working on, whether it's YouTube, Twitch your job like it's all fed into each other and it's all kind of built up not just a twitch audience and a twitter audience but they've all kind of funneled into each other in a whole sense does that sound right to you yeah, yeah. definitely 
Yeah, definitely. Like without even meaning to. Hmm. I don't know. Even even still at this stage, I like. I don't know. Everyone, I see people on Twitter. And they've like, oh, I've got this goal by the end of the year. I've got this goal in like two years. I've got this goal, that goal, and I'm literally sitting here going, I could not tell you a single fucking goal that I have in my life right now. And that's probably terrible. Obviously, at work, I've got my to-do lists yeah. and like work goals and KPIs and all that shit, which we which we have to hit and we do hit. But like in my actual life, with like my own content and my own stream and my own YouTube and shit, like I don't not in YouTube anymore, but you know what I mean. Um, I just like don't have goals. I just sort of go with the flow, fucking just do whatever, whatever mm. a game I feel like playing on the day. Like it's just just sort of what I've done the whole time, and it's always worked out in the end to be to be fun. Yeah, and, you know, cool opportunity. I mean, so. it sounds it sounds like you make it look easy because like, there's so many people out there who talk about Twitch and they talk about like you know a huge list of of do's and don'ts and and this is the key to success and this is how yeah. you build your audience and this is how you talk to your audience and this is you know the types of games you play and it seems like so much work as someone that's not in that space do you find that your approach is so different to i guess what would be the the typical streaming trajectory i don't think for a lot of the people that have been doing it for a while i think uh, speaking with people that have been doing it for as long as me, longer, you know, roughly around the same time. Maybe it's like a that was just how everyone got into it back then. Mm. It, it wasn't like as big as it is today. There wasn't as much money in it back then. People weren't doing it to make money as much as that's still probably not the case for, for a lot of people. People still genuinely are doing it for fun. But mm. I think people have more of an understanding now that you can potentially make a lot of money off this type of stuff. So that's sort of more of an incentive to put in a lot of work. Sure. Whereas back in the day, it was literally just streaming and playing games with friends. And that was sort of all it was because the sponsorships really weren't there. People weren't making fucking hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars a month off Twitch and YouTube and stuff. Um, whereas now that is definitely the case for, for some people and a lot of people. Mm. So I think maybe the the way people are going about it now is a lot more structured and a lot more businessy than what it was back then. Like yeah. it wasn't a business back then. <laughs> even even a few years ago, it still wasn't really a business for some people. Whereas now, it it is definitely a full time job for millions of people. Um, whereas you know, back a few years ago, five six years ago, it wasn't a full time job for many people at all. So mm. I think maybe just the way people are going about it now is a lot more structured and a lot more businessy because of the amount of people that are doing it. So like I've got to figure out you know the ways of getting it done and to you know to grow my following and grow my viewership to get partnered to start mm. getting these sponsorships and stuff. So yeah, that's interesting. Just different times, I guess. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And like I, I mentioned at the top of the show, like I'm I'm not entrenched in the community like a lot of people are, and I've got kind of an outsider's perspective. But mm. I, I feel like you're such a down to earth, even like blokey dude who seems so chill and like you're not obsessed with numbers you're just kind of having fun am i wrong to think that that's kind of more in the minority of, of successful twitch streamers or people who have a, have a large following i don't i don't think so i think there are a lot of people who do stress the numbers and stress yeah. the followers and stress the viewers and shit like that which, there seems to be so much drama as well. Like, and you seem like someone that wouldn't have any time for that. Oh, I just don't give a fuck. <laughs> I just don't care. We yeah. we talk about this shit like oh with with some of my mates all the time, 
And it's just, none of us just care. Like, I watch Drama Alert and I watch like all this other drama stuff and I see everyone talking about it on, you know, all the drama on Twitter and shit. And I just look at it and I go, okay. And just keep scrolling. <laughs> like, cool. Like, whatever. Yeah. Like, I, don't, I just I just don't care. But I I've think never... that's probably what your audience likes about you is that you're not someone that, like, they want someone that's yeah. just going to give them the, the good times, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I've never been about the drama though. Like, even at school, I was never involved in dramery bullshit, never been in a fight in my life. Like, none of that. I'm a very, I don't know, just friendly, go with the flow, fucking chilling kind of dude. Like, I always have been. Um, my dad is exactly the same, but worse. Like he gives less <laughs> fucks than me, which is borderline impossible. Um, but yeah, I think that maybe that's just why is I just, I don't know. I just see the drama and I'm like, that's interesting and it's cool. And I kind of want to know about it to see what's going on, see the points of view and, you know, opening up discussions and stuff I think is great. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I just don't really have any drama in my life that... I could I couldn't have drama with anyone. I don't really know how people have drama. I don't understand it. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard for me to it. answer that question. I'm like I don't even know how to start a drama. What is a drama? Yeah. But yeah, I can start some drama with you if you want. Let's do it. That'd be sick. Just a feud, you know. I wouldn't even know how to word something to start drama. I can't even yeah. start drama on GTA roleplay, dude. I'm like meant to be like trying to join gangs and shit and stuff like that. And I'm like, bro, I can't be mean to people, man. I feel bad. <laughs> like, it's literally role-playing as a character that I could make whoever I want. Mm. But I still cannot make a rude, standoffish player. I can't mm. do it. I've just got to be a nice, bogan dude. And I'm like, damn, that's not role-playing. That's just fucking playing me. Yeah. So, I don't know. Okay. I can't do it. Fair enough. That's probably a good thing. <laughs> I'd say that's a good thing. So, I want to talk a bit about more about your job so data analysis you're talking a bit about how you kind of ended up with those guys but what does it involve in the day-to-day at this point oh that's changing a lot which is crazy it's changed a lot since i started um i guess my role at the moment would be i guess like community management community manager community engagement manager was what i started as Mm -hmm. but it's sort of developed a little bit since then um back when i was uh, doing like social media for Lenovo when I started and then their Lenovo like Legion, their gaming brand when that um, came to fruition. We helped with that. Um, and then with those guys and, and some of the clients that we have now, we do um, events, we do social media, um, like activations, uh, social activations. Uh, we have an analytics platform. That's not through GoToGame, who's a company I work for. That's through Digivisor, who's the parent company. They have like an engineering team. They've got an app that does um, social media, paid, um, organic. There's a lot of really cool stuff you can do with that. Um, But for me, day-to-day is, I guess at the moment, besides like, you know, working on events and stuff we've got coming up would just be uh, social media management, um, I guess analytics, uh, strategy for certain clients. Um, And then if we've got activations, uh, coming up, whether it be yeah an actual event or a social activation for said client, uh, and we've also do like influencer management as well for for those clients and various yeah. other clients as well. So sounds like a, a lot a company that wouldn't exist like ten years ago, and if it did, it would be completely different to what it is now. 
Yeah. Yeah, I guess it, I guess it would like, be. Even the hey. word influencer, like I never heard of an influencer until like five or six years ago. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's very true. I know a lot of people don't like that word. Like they prefer yeah, like content creator and stuff. Word. But like, I, I don't, I don't know. Someone called me an influencer. I'd be like, sick. Like, that's cool. Like, <laughs> means I've got an influence. And if I use it in a positive way, then that's awesome. Yeah. That's the way I look at it. I look at it as in a positive yeah. positive way. Like, you're positively influencing people. Some that's people good. can be negatively influencers, but, you know, sometimes it's fun. So, <laughs> who are some of these clients that you mentioned? Um, well, I will just read off our website I've got in front of me, just sure. so I don't say some that I'm not supposed to say. <laughs> but we've got, um, I guess, we've done stuff with Bethesda, which is public i'm gonna stress the word public <laughs> so i don't get in trouble <laughs> uh, we've done hybrid world we've got zotac which is uh we sent over to zotac cup in i think that was in korea maybe no i don't know i didn't do anything with that but we've done with those, those guys um done so with intel lenovo and then legion then we've got um blue mouth interactive who have got geek spot and um fig pin now they do obviously stuff with power a scuff um done stuff with like ak racing and then other clients that we have right now secrets yeah there are some (laughs) that are coming up which is awesome yeah there's there's a lot we've worked with a lot we are currently working with and then obviously more in the future if we can help anybody Mm. out um obviously we will we've got we got we got a set of skills that we have that we know that we can do very well and that's what we sell um and then we've got some that sort of go hand in hand with those that we aren't very good at but we do have other companies that we know do that well. So we will go, hey, we can do this for you. But if you're looking for that, we've got some sure. friends that can do that as well. So, Okay. So I guess in, in a sense, we could say you're now working in the games industry full time. And that must be a pretty cool thing for someone that was selling insurance like, you know, a bunch of years ago. Yeah, definitely. I did. I was in insurance for I think four, four years, four to five years. And now I've been, yeah, as of May this year, it was three years I've been technically working full-time in gaming mm. so at the start it was for a i guess there was still a pc company at the time but yeah i was looking after their um like the more like the gaming community so like influencer management and community management for their gaming influencers but at the time we were doing like gaming um fashion lifestyle tech heaps of shit but yeah then um two years ago this week we started go to game which was basically everything we were doing but purely in the gaming industry. So, yeah. Well, That's focusing awesome. on the gaming space. So, yeah. And how does that feel to, I guess, reflect and, and look at something that you were doing for fun on YouTube with Minecraft 10 years ago and has now become your career? You probably couldn't have seen that coming. I didn't at all, to be honest. <laughs> it wasn't like, I don't know. There's a lot of people that like I see on Twitter and stuff that are like looking at the moment for, you know, moving across into community management role or some sort of producer dev like in the gaming space and say they've like wanted this since they were a kid and shit like that and like i've just for me it was never like that which is really weird it wasn't a thing when we were kids like we didn't know about it yeah but some other people did like that's the thing like they've like i've always wanted to work in the gaming space i've always wanted to do something with gaming and like that was just never something they're probably 20 they're probably 18 years old (laughs) (laughs) maybe i don't know how old these people are but it's true it is very true like they could be a lot younger i have no idea yeah but But no um, i know what you mean like yeah it, it was just never something that i saw myself doing so i think that's why i'm still so grateful and still trying to put in as much effort as humanly possible to try and do 
cool things with cool people and cool companies and just give them the best experience that I can and mm. provide the best content for them, you know, just, just do as much as I can for them and, um, you know, build their brand up as well. So That's right. So what would you say has been the hardest part of getting here? Hardest kind of thing you've had to do to get to this point? I think for me, like on a personal level, mm. I think if, if we're talking like, I don't know, day-to-day job stuff and even life stuff, like my time management has always been a bit poor. I think like even at school and like my concentration and stuff has always been really, really horrible. Um, it's just fucking my mind is just always all over the place all the time. I really find it hard to focus on, you know, specific things for like a, even like half an hour to an hour, like doing the same, like trying to get something done. I'm like, fuck. Then I remember something else. I'm like, oh, I've got to do this on Twitter. I've got to check this. Or I've got to check this email. And I'm just all over the place. So that for me was the biggest um, thing I had to work on when I when I first started working in the industry and with the job that I've got was like, making sure that I was keeping on track and, you know, writing things down and keeping track of my to-do list for like the day, the week, the month, the year, like noting things down and making sure I was getting them done on time. Because if I, if I didn't, and if I fucked that up, like that has a lot more repercussions now than it did in previous jobs and shit like that. So yeah. And I think like with some of the clients that we worked with quite high profile clients, I guess, in the tech space, in the gaming space, like I didn't want to fuck that up and make me look shit and make the company that I'm working for look shit and like lose clients and everyone in the gaming space talks. If you fuck something up, like everyone's going to know about it. It's just how it is. guess it's the same as in, in any sort of industry. But um, yeah, I just, I just really wanted to do the best that I could and just, that was pretty much it. Just do the best that I could and just... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else that's to right. say. No, that's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah. So what would be your advice to people? You mentioned before, like you see these tweets and stuff about people who want to work in the industry and you've done it through, I guess, the back door in, in the sense that it wasn't something that you were knocking on the on the drawbridge trying to get them to let you in. You kind of just happened organically through, I guess, having a bit of a following and knowing certain people and it just kind of happened. So mm. when you look at, what you know about the industry from working in it, what's your advice to people that want to get in there? I don't want to say the industry or even even business in general, I don't want to say it is a lot of like, it's sort of who you know, but I feel like that is still how a lot of businesses run. Like if you want to get a job, like in, in any industry, it's like, hey, who do I know that works in this industry mm. that can like help me get my foot in the door? So I feel like that for me is the way that it happened for me. So that's sort of the only way that I (laughs) really know. It's like, if you happen to know someone, then you might be able to, you know, learn from them or ask them some questions like out of work time. They might be able to help you out with your resume. They might be able to help you out with introducing you to people that potentially down the line may have a job that might suit your skills and, you know, your personality and stuff like that. So I think for me, it's just knowing as many people as I can and Mm. trying to keep those relationships as positive as possible, which I don't know. I'd like to think I don't have any negative relationships out there. I like (laughs) to think that, you know, I I like everybody and and everybody that I've come across, you know, thinks of me in a positive light, but I guess I'll never know. 
Um, but yeah, I think that for me, it's just knowing as many people as possible and trying to keep those possible like, those those relationships in a positive way, mm. and um, just showing people that whatever it is the job that you're doing that you have an interest in that and you can do it very well via the skill sets that it may require like the job that i'm in is you know building a building a community for you know for clients you know getting people to come along to events and stuff like that so if i can if i can prove that by you know growing a, a channel of my own or you know building a community of my own then that's like a very positive thing you know, trying to get into mm. to the role that I currently have, which is, I think, part of the reason why I have my job. Yeah, that's that's interesting. And I guess, like, even if you don't know or you think you don't know anyone, then social media makes it so that you're only a step away from kind of introducing yourself to people who know people. And then suddenly you've got those people in your social group or whatever it might be. So, yeah, I feel like that changes the way that people can approach it these days it, it probably makes it a bit easier to to network and you know if you don't if you didn't grow up knowing someone that works in the games industry or you don't have an uncle that works at nintendo you can still find a way to network you can yeah very ma- much make friends you can go to these events and shake hands and give out business cards and you can start that way 100 percent, totally agree packs like there's so many events iem like all the paxes the IEMs, um, all of them. Like I've, I've even been a photographer at like Comic Con and yeah. like Supernova and shit. Like there's so many people out there that need help <laughs> in the industry with so many different things. So you just get out there and just offer a hand and like offering a hand for even half an hour to an hour to make like someone's day easier, especially at an event like can go and will go a long way for mm. sure even just offering to help or offering to be a part of something that that you know provides some sort of positivity in someone else's day like will definitely go a long way and it always has for me which is i think has always been the thing for me is i've always just wanted to help people be the best that they can be so and that's that's always stuck with people and it's gone a long way and which i guess in turns ended me where i am today very cool. All right, last question for you, Hutto, and I'll let you go. Woo-hoo. If you could do anything and know you wouldn't fail, what would you do? Oh, fuck. Um, be a positive role model for my kids. Yeah. Yeah, probably that. That's probably the scariest thing at the moment. Do you know how scary it is fucking raising humans? <laughs> right. It's the scariest shit I've ever done. What the fuck? I, gotta, I, I swear a lot on my stream because I'm trying to get it out away from them. Right, trying to get it out of your system. Yeah, exactly. But I think that's it. Like job-wise and stuff. Like I think I've got it covered. Um, Career-wise, still not a hundred percent sure on what I want to do. But I'm really extremely happy with what I'm doing right now, and I know I can do more. And I know I've got these crazy ideas that I I know are possible. We just need to. I just need to figure out how to get them done. It'd be very cool. Um, But yeah, for me at the moment, it's just being a positive role model and like a good dad is that's pretty cute. much that's pretty sweet. much pretty much what i'm working on right now so <laughs> raising that's kids cool. is fucked it's so, hard. <laughs> it's so hard it's the best it's the best thing ever but it's it's really difficult and i just yeah, yeah i just want to be seen as a, as a positive positive role model for those guys that's cool i mean you got all these tattoos you got the mean beard the shaved head you swear <laughs> heaps and it, you, like some people might 
see you and think that you're this scary dude, but you're like one of the most nicest and chilled out positive influences I I think we've got in in the country. So yes, that's uh, that's, that's you I know wanted. I think you, you're gonna be a good dad. I mean, you, you are a good dad. I'm sure. <laughs> I try to be. You know, people yeah. still don't sit next to me on the train. It's like, come on, bruh. It's 2019. <laughs> yeah, I've got some fucking big holes in my ears and a car. I got a shark on the side of my head. Okay, relax. I don't have the devil on this. Oh, I got upside down cross on the back of my head. So I guess I do have the devil on my head. But bro, I swear to God. The whole train will be full and people still will stand up next to like the seat next to me. I'm like, come on, man. And then I'll just have like some old Asian lady come and sit next to me. Like she just doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> she does not give a fuck at all. And she's like, hey, how you doing? I'm like, hey, what's up? <laughs> she's lovely. It's all the old people that don't care. It's yeah, all the middle-aged people that are like, that's interesting. I'm going to sit next to this guy. Yeah. Like, come on, man. I have a pretty cool job. Like I ask, me what I do for, ask me what I do for a job. It's really yeah. cool. <laughs> Trust me. I may look like a fucking idiot. But uh, trust me, I do cool <laughs> shit, all right? <laughs> thanks for coming on the show, Hutto. It's been really good. No worries, man. No worries at all. Thank you for listening. And thanks again to What Are Your Technica. You can check out Jack on Twitter at Jack Hutto. Of course, you can support this podcast with an iTunes rating and review. Or head over to 8Bit's Patreon at patreon.com slash weare8bit. Chip in a few dollars. Help us as content creators do what we do. As so many people are already helping us launch content like the comedy rewind go check that out and of course you can catch me on twitter at jono himself until next episode keep putting in work